the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I see my name in shiny lights, yeah, a different city every night, oh, I, I swear, the world better prepare for when I'm a billionaire. It's time to get down to business on the weekend's number one business program. Known as the king of networking, your host, Shalom Klein, has worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and created countless jobs. So, to success, let's get down to business. And indeed, we're all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here. I'm with Get Down to Business, and I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website, ShalomKlein.com. And while you are there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information you'll not want to miss. So let's jump right in. I'm thrilled to be joined by Dr. Amy Mendick, a psychiatrist working in her own private practice. She received her medical degree with distinction research from Albert Einstein College of Medicine and Bachelor of Science in Brain and Cognitive Science from MIT. She specializes in the overlap between the humanities and neuroscience and leads the lecture series for psychiatric residents in training, social workers, and psychology trainees. Uh, I'm super excited to be joined because she has a new book. It's called Humanizing the Remote Experience Through Leadership and Coaching, Strategies for Better, Vir- for better Virtual Connections, something that I know I am fascinated about. Amy, welcome to the program. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. So we certainly know that remote work and learning and socializing are indeed here to stay. The statistics are telling us a lot of people want to work from home. A lot of people are now uh, sort of forced to work from home, but there are some red flags. Amy, what led you to write this book? Well, my co-author and I, just like most of the rest of the world, were um, were forced to move all of our work online as well during the COVID pandemic. I was seeing my patients online. Um, She was seeing her clients online. We were both teaching students online. And she, you know, this book idea came up and we decided to delve into it, even though it was actually still pretty early in the pandemic. So we didn't really know what we were, what we were doing either. So this was sort of a, a living work in progress as we figured out, um, you know, what, what was going on with our own remote experiences, what the problems we were having, um, what, you know, what, problems our clients were having. We really dug into what's going on here. Why is this so hard for our brains? And as as we lived it, we figured out why it was so hard um, and then moved on to figuring out what to do about it and coming up with some strategies to make it more more human. Like you said, it's here to stay. So if we're going to be doing it, how how do we do it right? How do we do it the, the way that best serves us and our and our um our clients and our businesses and, and all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the statistic that I uh, saw from uh, McKinsey and Company's American Opportunity Survey is that 58% of Americans now have the option to work from home at least one day a week, while 35% can opt out of the office and work from anywhere for the full five-day work week, Mm -hmm. which I find absolutely fascinating. And I know you write in the book, again, it's called Humanizing the Remote Experience Through Leadership and Coaching, Strategies for Better 
Virtual Connections, just published in September, that humanizing the remote experience involves meeting the innate human needs for connection, safety, and comfort, understanding, and belonging. So what are some of the warning signs or signals that a particular need is not being met? Yeah, so we identified for each of those basic needs that you met, that you just mentioned, um, how do we know when there's a problem there? So with our, our need for um, safety and comfort, you know, that's a basic need that comes from just the way humans are wired. We're safest when we're around other people. So our question was, if we're on with all with other people all day on a Zoom call, do our brains really know that other people are around or, you know, it's kind of it can be kind of confusing. And if that need is not met, um, you're kind of in a more hypervigilant um, fight or flight or, you know, a little shy of that um, kind of ready for something to go wrong, ready for, ready for danger. And that interferes with your ability to focus. So that's going to come across as, uh, difficulties staying on task, um, difficulties with attention. Um, when your need for understanding is not met, um, Basically, like the the brain is designed to be able to make sense of the world, to be able to make sense of other people and interactions and and what's going on out there. And we're hardwired with a lot of really awesome shortcuts to help us to do that because the world and people are complicated. Um, Those shortcuts were not designed for Zoom. They were designed for a 3D world with body language and, and lots of cues and signals. Um, that we use to, to make sense of things. So when those are translated to a 2D world of Zoom, um, they just don't work as well. And what ends up happening is without those signals or, you know, when they're missing or when things kind of get distorted um, because you're reading someone who's on a flat screen, you, you, know, you can't see the rest of their body, you don't have the same eye contact, um, that's where that's where I believe a lot of Zoom fatigue comes from because you're making your brain do way more sure. work than it, it would be. So, doing. what are some ways that we can effectively manage our energy and avoid that overload and burnout that you just mentioned that we all have experienced when when we're interacting virtually? Yeah, so there's a lot of ways, and and half of the book is is strategies on how to on how to um, fight some of these problems and work with them. Um, I'll you know outline some some general strategies that the individual can use, and there's some other ones we give for for leaders. Um, you know things are this is harder. Your brain you're asking your brain to do something that is not entirely natural for it. You're doing more work, so it's essential to not keep pushing and pushing. And it's so easy to keep pushing when our Zoom meetings are back to back, right? When we can go so directly from one thing to the next and not get up and take a walk, we can do that in Zoom. And it's really important that we not do it um, to what extent we can. So listening to your body, um, getting up, taking breaks, breaks are so essential to to positive cognitive functioning, you should be taking um, a 15 to 20 minute break for every 90 minutes of hard work that you're doing. And a lot of us Mm -hmm. do not do that. Um, Another thing that's important is same thing because, because the zoom kind of lends itself to just everything blending together, one meeting to the next, you know, home tasks with work tasks. um, We really have to make an extra, extra effort to, maintain boundaries and keep things separate between work and home more so than ever before. That was easy when you had to drive from work to home. Like you couldn't do anything during your car ride. You know, you were in two different places. Those boundaries were 
kind of obvious. Uh, you don't have to think about them. You have to think about them now because if you don't, everything, like I said, kind of is just going to blend together and that's not good for productivity and, and really good cognitive functioning and for relaxation and for being home and being present with your family. Um, sure. So kind of making an extra effort to figure out how am I going to demarcate this as my workspace and this other other thing as my home space, whether that's, you know, using the space that you're in or um, using your time in a different way, getting up and, you know, I encourage my clients to get up from their desk at the end of the day, if it's at home and walk around the block, make that their walk home from work um, yeah, and totally. do a routine like that every day to give your brain that message that, okay, now the work part is done and now we're, we're closing that and we're, you know, home to relax. I'm chatting with Dr. Amy Mednick, a psychiatrist working in private practice who, together with her co-author, wrote Humanizing the Remote Experience Through Leadership and Coaching, Strategies for Better Virtual Connections. We're going to link to the book very, very shortly. Um, but really, really interesting um, to learn all about this. I want to talk about stress for a mm. moment. Um, you talk in the book about the stress response and how uh, how the human brain can effectively face and resolve stress. And that's something that certainly we all experience, certainly now in this in this era that COVID is a reality. But I think that a lot of us are coming back to some new realities, both in the economy as well. We all face stress. And, and I think that that would be a great homework assignment for everybody to sort of take at the end of the year. So how can we effectively face and resolve stress? The essential part is that is that facing and resolving. Um, and stress is really is here to help us, right, to get that rush of adrenaline, to get that, you know, dedicated focus. That's what stress is designed for to help to fix a problem and address it and then move on and resolve it. What we're all kind of facing right now is a lot of chronic stress where you have this stress response and this adrenaline running and the problem never really fully gets fixed. So you're sort of sitting in this, in this chronic cortisol, you know, state um, all the time. So it's really important to recognize that you are in that chronic state. Um, because actually resolving the stress cycle can be, you know, kind of simple. Um, it's realizing that you're there, um, that you're, that you're kind of, your stress is not directed anymore. It's not helping you. It's not making you driven. It's kind of just making you, um, you know, scattered or overwhelmed or tired. Um, and then sure. very simple things, which we go through in the book, like, you know, breathing exercises, um, focusing right. on physical activity. There's a reason why we why doctors are always recommending those things because that's yeah. the kind of thing that Well, Amy, I don't want to give away all the secrets because <laughs> we want to send people over to the book and there's so much in there. It's really it's a guide. It is a guide and and I I can't wait to and get all of our listeners uh, over to your website. So how can we get in touch with you and how can we get pick up a copy of the book? Yeah, my website is um, dramymednick.com, D-R-A-M-Y-M-E-D-N-I-C-K.com. There's a link to the book and the book page there and lots more information that you can read. So please visit and uh, contact page there too. Feel free to drop me a note as well. Well, fantastic, Dr. Amy Mednick. Thank you so much for joining us on Get Down to Business. I look forward to uh, getting a copy of the book and uh, being in touch soon. Again, happy holidays to you. And thanks so much for joining us. We've got to squeeze in a quick break here on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. We will be right back.
Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I'm thrilled to be joined by Dr. Alan Bowman, as a business development executive speaker and author, CEO of the Posers Group Business Development Advisory. Uh, Coming to spend more than three decades helping law firms, professional service firms generate more revenue, which is something everybody wants to do. That's why I'm so excited to talk about his new book, The Revenue Accelerator, 21 Boosters to Launch Your Startup. Alan, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. So I know all too often entrepreneurs are so gung-ho on building their new product or service that they don't take time to think about how they're going to finance, market, and sell it. And definitely right now, especially at the end of the year, this is so critical because we know this statistic that there is only 20% on average, 20% of a survival rate of new startups. So uh, again, Alan, uh, what major mistakes do you see that startups and new businesses frequently make? And what does your book uh, sort of talk about as solutions? Well, we offer the, the major observation from many of the people we've interviewed who are entrepreneurs, startups, professors, and so on. The single biggest mistake startups make is not trying to see if there's a market for their product or their service. And they, they get an idea, they start working on it, have no idea if there's even a market for it. And, and then what follows is if there is a market, at what point do you start developing the need for financing? How do you provide sales and sales training? When do you put into that? Are you applying for funds And do you know how to put together a business plan, which most people who are startups don't? And so those are the most common mistakes. And and in the Revenue Accelerator, we have specific chapters specifically on how to overcome some of those obstacles, beat some of the the bumps in the road, and what the positives are that you can look for and build on. Sure. And I'm particularly concerned about those early stage ventures, because from what I understand, Alan, is that there is a massive, a, a, a massive, massive failure rate that exists for those uh, folks at that stage. How do you deal with that? And I know that your book, again, is not really just a book because it's 21 boosters to launch your startup. You provide real practical advice that I know you, you speak about and you teach about at California State University. So what sort of advice do you have for early stage ventures? Two things. One not make sure you look ahead at the market that you're going to be dealing with. And, and two is if you've got contacts, if you have relationships, use them and build on them. And I don't mean use them in the pejorative sense. If you're starting to develop something, test the ideas on people, you know, if you're active in your community or chambers of commerce, or if you're in an education or especially nonprofits, by the way, one of the things that we spend time with is how they can take the same steps that, Uh, businesses use and grow as well. And, you know, some simple kinds of advice are understand the difference between sales and marketing. And to many startups, they think they're the same thing. And they're starting off to sell without having either a product or even a marketing plan. And one of the other things we find very, very important is if people get so far as to begin talking for financing is understand that other than the financial numbers, most loans or venture capitalists or angel investors, whoever you're talking with, are going to be most interested in what your marketing looks like, how much you're spending of your proposed budget, and also what your exit strategy is. Because if they're investing, they want to know if you're planning to stick with it or sell it. And those well, two issues, in addition to your financing, make the biggest impact. For sure. And so many of our listeners on Get Down to Business are startups, folks that have 
really fantastic ideas. I love getting messages um, where people are telling me about their product or service idea. But beyond the idea, what else should they be thinking about? You've already touched on the networking aspect, tapping your network. What are some of the other things that, that sort of lead to success beyond just a really good idea? There are a couple of things that you've got to be able to have if you're starting to approach, whether it's financing or you're actually talking to people about investing, even family members. And one of the things they want to know for sure is, is your product real? You, you know, this con what they call the, the uh, formal concept, is it been implemented? We have uh, one gentleman that came, I'm in a nonprofit as a mentor for many years for startups. And one of the things that we find, it's the same series of problems that new small businesses have, which is why our book is also very relevant for new, new businesses that are, let's say, a mom and pop grocery store or a new kind of bicycle store, is they're not looking at the market. They're not looking at longer term financing. They're not studying where the economy is. And for example, just because we're in a kind of odd economy right now, uh, there are real opportunities. But does your product fit in? Who do you know, even casually, that you could talk to about where they see the economy and where they see your proof of concept fitting in? Uh, th those are really critical things. Take advantage of the people that you know and make sure you're building relationships. Yeah, that's that's for sure. And and that's the area where I'm most passionate about, which is on the marketing and selling side of things. And I know right. you, you say in your book, which again is called The Revenue Accelerator, The 21 Boosters to Launch Your Startup. I'm chatting with Dr. Alan Coleman. Uh, the author of this book came out uh, back in August. Um, you said that there's some myths that are out there. So let's let's become the myth busters over here. How did some of those myths impact an early stage venture? What are some of the things that you frequently hear about? Well, one of the things that, that people may not realize is that there are so many different ways to market. We often hear from people, well, I'm going to market to no matter who my customers are, I'm going to use the same marketing tactics. There are probably more than, well, we list 30 different marketing tactics in the book from, from simple permission marketing to uh, invisible marketing. And one that you're probably familiar with, because I know you have an army background, is force multiplier. It's oftentimes better to try to reach the same industry or the same prospect with more than one approach to marketing. And, and so those are the kinds of things that we try to make sure people understand and, and understand where you can succeed and the fact that you need to use different marketing tactics to attack different marketing resources. Different no prospects. question about it. No question about it. So once we've, we've, so we've talked marketing, we've talked, we've talked networking, we've talked about some of the myths. So once a startup new business is underway, I assume it's important for them to keep track of their prospects, leads, and, and so on. What are some of the tools that you talk about in your book, The Revenue Accelerator, that sort of helps you get started in the right path from day one? We have a very simple visual funnel, an accelerator funnel, that helps people without having the, the formal software systems uh, to track where their leads are and where they need to move next. Um, I read a, an article in Forbes about a year ago, and it said 50% of a new business every year should come from your clients and prospects and referrals. And we suggest you make a list of who you have, have now that are prospects, that are clients or customers, and are referrals. And by the way, referrals go two ways, and a lot of people don't recognize that. You can refer people, and you can have someone refer you. And if you make a list of, let's say, your top 10 
referrals, your top 10 customers, and your top 10 prospects, pick 10 of the very best and put them at the top of the funnel and say, okay, I'm going to reach out to these 10 this week, phone call, email, whatever. And as you move people along, you have contacts, you have next calls, you have proposals, you start moving them down the funnel into the narrow end where leads come out and ultimately prospects come out. It's a simple, organized system, especially for new businesses and startups that have so many things going on. Sure. And in my quick read, The Revenue Accelerator, it looks like it's almost a workbook um, rather than a read. Um, was this by design? What's, what's the big message that you're hoping everybody walks away um, from The Revenue Accelerator? It is a, a specifically, it's designed to read as a workbook. You're right. As you know, there are questions at the end of each chapter, and they're designed to refresh the reader as to what they've just read and reinforce what we believe are key points. Um, it's also written in a fashion where we don't have theory. It's all tactical and what works and what doesn't work or what could be tried under certain circumstances. And, and it ranges. I mean, even we, we have a chapter on preparing proposals and how different proposals can be written for whoever you're dealing with. And, and for nonprofits, for example, how are they going to go after grants or donors? Or for new small businesses, let's say have a specific hard product to sell, uh, understand how many times it's going to take you to pre- there, there's a figure that came from um, uh, some research in in a book called business breakthroughs that says you need between mm-hmm. five and eight contacts to ju- generate business sure. that tells you a big story that people have to understand well I've certainly learned a lot from our conversation dr. Alan Coleman um, how can we get in touch with you how can we learn more about the book and most importantly pick up a copy uh, the copies are on Amazon. It's now an Amazon bestseller list. I'm very happy to tell you. Uh, it's Alan Coleman, C-O-L-M-A-N, no E. And uh, you can find the book or my name on Amazon. There's a Actually, we have a special right now. If you have a Kindle, you can get it for 99 cents. Oh, my who doesn't love a special? Name is the Closers, Closer, yeah, Closers Group. And um, we're on all of the major Perfect. social media and websites. Fantastic. We've got to squeeze in a quick break here and get down to business. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I'm thrilled to be joined by the guru himself, the guru of everything, health insurance, the Affordable Care Act. That is the one, the only Tom Mirabali. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, Tom. How are you? I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. I can't believe we are at the end of the year. It is official. The holiday decorations are out of the closet. Everybody's getting ready, picking their New Year's resolution. And uh, that's a good time for us to have uh, our wrap-up of 2022 conversation. That's why I wanted to bring you on. So, Tom, uh, again, appreciate you always coming on Get Down to Business. As uh, folks wrap up the year, I know everybody's starting to think about their health insurance, their coverage, all of the things that are important to their business and to their family life. What kind of calls are you getting on the Tom or Bali health insurance hotline? Oh, I'm getting calls uh, uh, that they've heard my commercials on uh, W-Y-L-L, W-I-N-D, um, and that they want to know how they can get plans without the mandatory maternity coverage. And um, I'm telling you, I'm blessed. I, it's, we're really getting a lot, a lot of calls, doing a lot, a lot of business because the outrageous prices of the Unaffordable Care Act, that's what I call it, Obamacare, is going through the roof. 
the deductibles, the out-of-pocket costs are over $8,700 per person, uh, two per family max. That's ridiculous. I can get people 100% coverage in a PPO with a $2,500 deductible without the mandatory maternity. And people are shocked. And they keep on coming back uh, to renew their programs, which um, I, I, I'm grateful for. But they are saving a boatload of money. Well, everybody wants to save money. money. Everybody wants to save money, especially as, again, we start to do the math, do our budgets, look at how 2022 was, and move into the new year of 2023. So in the world of health insurance, are you anticipating things looking any differently come the new year? Are there any uh, laws or rules that, that our listeners should be aware of? Well, the, the total out-of-pocket cost for the uh, Unaffordable Care Act is going up from $8,750 before your plan covers you at 100% per person, two per family max. It's going up to $9,300 starting January 1st. Um, and that's uh, that's outrageous in and of itself. And your premiums are going to be going up higher, uh, probably anywhere from 15 to 20%. Uh, I have not gotten those those figures yet, so I can't really say, oh, it's going up 20%. It's going to go up anywhere from 15 to 25%. And uh, uh, people are shocked. I, it, what's so affordable about it? And a lot of doctors don't take the Affordable Care Act. They, they wait too long for their money because it comes from the government. So they rather not even deal with it. So you have to find out if your doctor, if, if, you're, if you're sick, if you uh, cannot get private insurance like I sell, you can't pass the underwriting, then you go into the Affordable Care Act. And um, it, the thing that people realize, don't realize, is that let's say you have a family of four and dad's got insulin-dependent diabetes, that dad cannot get insured under my plans because he has a pre-existing condition. But the other three people can save themselves a boatload of money and by going on my plan and dad goes on the affordable care act, you know, if you, if you take a, a, let's say dad is 62 years old, um, he could go on to my plan with a $2,500 deductible, hundred uh, percent coverage for approximately $470 a month versus $870 a month with the affordable care act. So you're, you're saving $400 a month just on that one person. So um, it, it's, it's just strange that, uh, you know, people are not realizing that there's other options. And when we get into our 60s or 50s, whatever, at any age, you know, people are looking to save a lot of money uh, only because at 62, you know, the Unaffordable Care Act is charging these people over $870 a month for health insurance with an extremely high deductible. Yeah, absolutely. Again, I'm chatting with Tom Urbali, health insurance guru. Um, we've been chatting about how you can wrap up at the end of the year to make sure that you're saving money on your health insurance. And what I, I love about what you just said, Tom, is that you think creatively about uh, how families can uh, maybe use a hybrid approach of different plans, uh, but ultimately to ensure that they're getting the coverage that they need, nothing that they don't need. Um, and ultimately moving into 2023 and saving money. And that's a great way for us to wrap up this segment because I want to make sure all of our listeners get in touch with you, Tom, so they can learn more about your services. And I know that you answer your phone 
almost all day and all night, almost, because we've got to give you a couple of minutes a day for some rest and relaxation, especially over this uh, special holiday time of year. So, Tom, how can we get in touch with you? Well, you can call me at 630-863-3477. Again, that's 630-863-3477. If I uh, am busy and don't answer the phone, please leave a message. I'll get right back to you. Just those, you those few couple of minutes a day. Go ahead with that email. Yeah, email is T-M-I-R-O-B is in boy, A-L-L-I at yahoo.com, T-M-I-R-O-B-A-L-I at yahoo.com. Perfect. And on the web, healthplunchicago.com. Once again, we appreciate you joining us, Tom Marabali. We'll be sure to have you back on real soon. But uh, happy holidays, happy Thanksgiving, and uh, wishing uh, all good things. And I encourage everybody to get on my website, shalomplug.com. We'll link to Tom as well. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I'm back, and I've got a fantastic guest I've been looking forward to. I'm thrilled to be joined by Itamar Shafir uh, from the Marketing Umbrella, um, and we're going to talk all about the uh, important things that he's doing. But by the way, Itamar also hosts a podcast. We'll, we'll uh, be sure to link to that in our show notes as well. So Itamar, welcome to Get Down to Business. I know you're the CEO of Umbrella, a platform powering thousands of small marketing agencies and people who want to build marketing agencies. Itamar, how did you get into this line of work? Hi, Shalom. Uh, nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, well, I've, I've been in uh, marketing tech and marketing most of my career. Uh, my previous company was an automated marketing platform for small businesses called Upforma. Before that, I owned an agency. So it was very easy for me to put marketing tech and the needs of entrepreneurs together to come up with Umbrella. Wow. Awesome. Fantastic. So you, uh, you're being modest over here because I know um, you have been uh, the founder uh, and CEO of Appforma, which was the first Facebook innovation competition award winner. And you worked with thousands of entrepreneurs, which is certainly quite a milestone indeed. So let's talk marketing businesses. What are some of the main challenges starting an agency, a business, a startup? And how did you personally overcome them? And how do you how do you suggest that for others? Yeah, so there are a lot of challenges, obviously, when starting a business, um, everything from uh, mindset to uh, setting goals. But um, I think that, uh, you know, whatever business that you're approaching as an entrepreneur, you probably need to wear too many hats. Uh, you know, you need to be the financier. You need to be the operator. You need to be the sales guy. You need to be the fulfillment guy especially if it's an agency, uh, which is an, you know, an expert-based service. And because that's difficult and because it presents a lot of challenges, challenges I went through personally, and I, 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 I managed to uh, overcome those challenges just by you know, making mistakes and learning from my mistakes faster than my mistakes took me back. But if I had Umbrella back in the day, it would have been a much faster success because Umbrella comes to basically reduce that overload and say to entrepreneurs, especially those who are trying to build digital marketing agency or services to small businesses, tell them, look, we're going to take care of a lot of things for you. We're going to do the fulfillment. We're going to do the management. We're going to do the lead gen. We're going to do the branding. 
You focus on communicating the value and helping the client. Uh, and by doing that, you reduce a lot of the overhead and a lot of the work and allow people to focus on success, communicating value, making sales, growing their business. Wow. Uh, again, I'm chatting with the CEO of Umbrella Platform, powering thousands of small, business, small marketing agencies and people who want to build marketing agencies. So uh, let's, let's talk about sort of that, that, that very definition over here, a marketing agency. What is the difference between a marketing agency and a chief marketing officer? Why would somebody want to work with, a, with, with you or one of the firms that, you, that you're powering up? So the difference is usually um, if you're talking about a fractional CMO, for example, um, is a fractional CMO, a marketing consultant, the definition would be um, I come to provide knowledge and help and direction on how to grow your business, how to market your business, but I'm not actually executing those things. An agency does both. It has the ability to provide consultation on what to do but also the execution power to actually do it. Just as an example, let's say uh, we're talking about, uh, you know, helping a small attorney office grow and uh, their business is uh, lead gen based, but they also need some branding. So they need a revamp of the website and need to do a specific type of Facebook advertising and they need to build a funnel. So a consultant can come and say, hey, we need to do all that. And let me write you up with a strategy. And an agency would say, we need to do all this. Let's do it for you. And just execute. Um, so that's that's the difference. From our members' perspective, they get all the firepower of an agency, but they conduct themselves as consultants, meaning they're not doing the fulfillment. Our vendors on the platform are doing the fulfillment for them. Uh, and why work with us and not others uh, with our agencies? I think, uh, first off, we have top-tier vendors. So the people who are managing our Facebook advertising are managing about 5,000 Facebook campaigns every month for small businesses. Uh, the paper result SEO folks are, you know, are so good. We guarantee first page ranking or you don't pay a dime. Our USPs are very strong. Our social proof is very strong. We have a lot of reviews and testimonials and our members get a lot of training. So overall, I think we provide a very strong uh, and competitive offer to small businesses. Wow. Okay. Again, I'm chatting with Itamar Shafir, uh, the CEO of Umbrella. Um, and he is also the host of the Marketing Umbrella podcast, where he's interviewed some of the world's leading marketers about ways to grow a marketing business. We're going to squeeze in a break, but when we come back, we're going to chat a little bit more about entrepreneurship as a whole. Um, but uh, Itamar, let's just talk about that podcast for just a moment. Uh, why should somebody tune in and uh, join your conversations? Um, so Shalom, like you said, we're basically interviewing leading marketers. So if what you do is digital marketing or you're interested in it and you want to learn strategies, tips, tricks on how to do it better, uh, and not only how to fulfill better, but also how to get more clients and find new ways of prospecting, uh, no budget or find new ways to produce content on, in, when you don't have time. So why not learn from the leading people like Neil Patel and Perry Marshall, you know, uh, Mike Roberts from Spy for a lot of people that have been on the show and many others that you, you yeah. know, 
less known, but have extremely effective strategies. In well, that's what marketing is all about is definitely getting better and learning. And they know that uh, it's a great listen for anybody in that marketing field and frankly, for all entrepreneurs. So definitely encourage everybody to check out the Marketing Umbrella podcast. We've got to squeeze in a quick break here on the show. What small business jobs and entrepreneurship are you listening to get down to business? You can get on my website, shellofline.com. Um, but don't touch that dial because we will be right back. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I'm continuing my conversation with Ethan Shafir. We've been chatting about the Marketing Umbrella podcast and the WorkUp Umbrella platform powering thousands of small marketing agencies and people who want to build a marketing agency. Itamar, you are an entrepreneur, and I want to pick your brain on that piece of things because I know you are very passionate about helping businesses succeed. What is the big uh, difference between an entrepreneur that finds success and one that doesn't from your perspective? Wow. Um, a lot. Uh, so much, uh, unfortunately. But I, I would say, you know, first off, it's a lot of luck. You need some luck or, you know, uh, providence if you want. Second, uh, you need to work for it, right? It's a lot of effort. Uh, you need to work hard. You need to take that into consideration. And third, you need a formulated path to success. You need some sort of plan for action. And the plan for action really starts, uh, for me, working with entrepreneurs, especially in the marketing industry, is what is your niche, right? What is your niche? What is your differentiation? What is your value? Uh, answering those questions will lead you to find out if you're special. And if you're not, you need to tweak it because you need to be special today at what you do. Uh, from there on, you need to set your goals and start working towards them. And really depends if you're starting with, you know, a supplemental income angle or you're starting with a full-blown uh, new uh, business that you want to build. If it's tech, if it's service, there are so many uh, differentiations for that. Uh, but all in all, you got to have a plan. got to have a very formulated plan, talk with people who know, Go through the courses uh, online. A lot of very good courses on entrepreneurship. Listen to good podcasts like you, Shal- like yours, Shalom. Uh, learn a little bit, and then focus on the niche and the service that you want to provide. I love it. So definitely be very focused, but also maybe a little bit of luck ties in as well. And I, I love that. Again, I'm Chad Mitzamarsh up here from Umbrella. And if you had uh, just 30 seconds with a brand new entrepreneur for just one bit of advice, what is the thing that you would tell them to do in order to find success? Don't give up. Love it. Oh my gosh. That's, that's great advice. It's a cliche, right I know, but it's true. It's so true. Uh, no, don't give up. It's true. It's so easy to have your idea and then just sort of get turned off by that one speed bump. I love that bit of advice. That's great. Itamar, we've, we've enjoyed our conversation with you. And I, I have a feeling that a lot of our listeners are nodding their head furiously uh, and vigorously because they want to learn more about Umbrella. They're curious about marketing. They're curious about entrepreneurship, maybe as a whole, maybe if it inspired them. Um, who needs to get in touch with you? Who are the kinds of people that you work with at Umbrella? So uh, first off, it's obviously a person who wants to uh, either build some sort of supplemental income, either at minimum, you know, have uh, the 10, 20 hours a week to invest in something new. Um, preferably people who have some sort of marketing background will just find it easier, but we have uh, plans for those who don't. And a person who is a communicator, meaning at the end of the day, as a business owner, you need to get clients. 
And if we provide you everything else, then what you need to be good at is understanding what they need and consulting them on the right path. So you need to be trainable and you need to be a communicator. And a communicator is not just an extrovert. Introverts are excellent communicators. Don't look at it as the best salesperson, just a person that can articulate to the client the value and what they need to do. That's great. Uh, well, a lot of folks definitely need to get in touch with you. And perhaps one of the most important homework assignments, in addition to, like you said, not giving up, is getting in touch with you, Itamar. So how can we do that? How can we get uh, onto your podcast and in touch with you and your team? So the best way to get in touch with the team is just visit the website, UmbrellaUS.com. From there, uh, you can, you know, submit a request for uh, for um, a meeting with our team uh, to uh, listen to the Marketing Umbrella podcast. Just Google Marketing Umbrella podcast and you'll find it on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, everything that we have. On our site, we also have a ton of resources on our blog uh, and you can just, you know, start learning uh, and then to get in touch with us, talk with our team and we'll try to craft the right path for you depending on your status, time, and, uh, and, and yeah, investment like, possibility. Well, that's a wrap for us here on Get Down's Business. The show all of small business jobs and entrepreneurship to all of our listeners. We'll talk to you again next Sunday at 6 p.m. right here at 560. Answer, go to my website, com To success, let's get down to business. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.